Welcome to Asia Perspectives from The Economist Group. I'm Charles Ross, Principal of Policy and Insights. And our topic today is part of the Now for Next Leaders Dialogue, a platform for India's business leaders to share the experiences they are facing now and provide insight into the strategies they are deploying to prepare for what comes next. The program is supported by Google, but as always, our research is independent and editorial control remains with the EIU. After a recent knock to business conference in India, which was highlighted by the first edition of the India Business Barometer in August, the second edition shows that optimism now abounds among India's business leaders about what the future holds for their companies and for the health of the economy. This is more than just exuberance from executives looking to rally their troops. It is feeding through to business investment where companies appear to be ramping up spending on digital technology and talent acquisition. Around the world, tapping the know-how and energy of technology entrepreneurs and their startups has been integral to such efforts. The same is true in India. So today I've asked two industry leaders to join us to see if they agree with this newfound optimism in India, what strategies they are deploying to grow, and their view on the vibrancy of the digital ecosystem. Vipin Sondi is Managing Director and CEO of Ashok Leyland. They are an Indian multinational automotive manufacturer headquartered in Chennai. Well known as a manufacturer of trucks and buses, the firm is also investing a lot in innovation, particularly in relation to electric vehicles, where they work with startups to help build out the ecosystem needed to support EVs. Vipin, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you and delighted to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Charles. Excellent. And we have Arindam Bhattachara, who is Managing Director and Senior Partner at Boston Consulting Group. A member of the Global Advantage Industrial Goods Operations and Public Sector Practices at BCG, Arindam has worked for many years to increase the competitiveness of industrial companies in India. He's also passionate about the need for India to get as good at creating products as they are at delivering services. Arindam, welcome to the Asia Perspectives podcast. Thank you, Charles, and I'm delighted to be here. Excellent. Thank you both very much for being here today. As I mentioned, The Economist has been tracking Indian corporate leaders' views about their growth prospects for a few months now. And in the last month, we've seen a marked improvement in the confidence Indian business leaders have in the prospects of India's own economy. Vipin, I'd love to get your view. Does this general sort of positivity reflect your own experiences? How has your firm been weathering the COVID-19 storm? Charles, thank you. And it's a great question. So first part of your question is, where is this optimism coming from? And as we move past what was the second wave in April, May, we expect that quarter on quarter will improve for industry in general, including the automotive industry. And this is born out of the fact that government spending to ensure that the economy starts improving, both in infrastructure and in related part of the economy, will give a boost to the GDP. We expect that the GDP this year will be just under 10%, but we started well off on quarter one, which, of course, was virtually on no base itself. But you will find that people want to get back to work, people want to move ahead. And as the concern of the pandemic recedes with vaccination picking up, we see that the economy will come back and improve quarter on quarter. 
The second part to your, your question is, how has the company been weathering the storm? It's been quite a storm. I think this is the first time in my career that health has been a reason for the economic slowdown or, in fact, lockdown. It was always a financial crisis or a policy paralysis. So it was important for us to ensure that workplace safety and employee health get top priority, which is what we did by setting up an emergency response team prior to the lockdown in March last year, which actually worked through all stakeholders, employees, families, government, other stakeholders, dealers, suppliers, so that we were in touch with all of them. There was a need for empathy at that point in time, so that remained the top priority to make sure that we were concerned for the larger system that we work with or the larger community that we work with. And communication was the centerpiece of extending and understanding what people were going through. As far as the company was concerned, it was important that we communicate the purpose, which would then keep the organization together. We have a clear vision to be the top 10 global commercial vehicle player, and that vision will not change. It might have got affected because of the pandemic in terms of timing, but the vision itself remains steadfast. And that was what was necessary to keep people together, that there was a larger purpose, a larger vision, as also to ensure that we were all together in it. And the second was to project that we could fold the future in if the future, for some reason, we lost 24 months, how did we fold that future in so that we can then extrapolate from now and go up a steeper curve? The second was to safeguard the present and plan for what we said holding in the future, which is how do we protect our core? Our core is medium and heavy commercial vehicles backed with a strong light commercial vehicle growth. So, products, solutions, customers, culture of quality, all of this was stressed and continually discussed. We also created, you mentioned it, and thanks for doing it. In terms of an edge organization for electric vehicles, we set up a separate subsidiary. The subsidiary is located in the United Kingdom. It's called Switch Mobility, and we've brought the best of Indian and British design together, where we have a subsidiary in the UK, we have a division in India, and all EVs have been put together under what is Switch. So that's our electric vehicle foray, so to speak. Moving on, we saw that customer expectations have also changed dramatically. They were changing, but I think they just changed dramatically in the last 24 months. So customers are not talking so much about specification and performance. That's taken for granted. They're now talking of productivity and profitability. What is the total cost of ownership? What is the turnaround time of a truck? Can we pay per use? Can we, well, in the future, maybe pay as we drive? So it's interesting how customer expectations are changing. And two other points before I hand it back to you. One is people. We had to ensure that we engage our colleagues, build capability through mentoring, coaching, foster teamwork and collaboration, ensure that we move towards adaptive intelligence, which is different perspectives, encouraging curiosity, and the digital adoption. So if digital was growing as 2x before the pandemic, it's now 5x. So we've got to move from thinking digital to doing digital. That was important. And build some form of dexterity in digital amongst our people. 
And last, sustainable development goals. We had to ensure that we don't lose track of the fact that everything we do is sustainable. So we've set up an ESG committee at the board, and then that drills down all the way through the organization. This is new to us about two months ago when it was formally set up. Not that we were not focused on environment, not that we were not focused on social or governance. We've just brought it together under one umbrella so that the board can look at it from a very structured mechanism. Yeah, excellent. Thank you for sharing. I think like many companies out there, the pandemic period has been an extremely busy one for you, focusing on employee health and safety and sustainability and investment into digital. I love this comment you made around folding in the future as a way of trying to sort of prepare now for what comes down the line. I'm going to get back to ask you a bit more about those digital elements that you mentioned earlier. But Arindam, first, I'd love to get your view. Our barometer, which we've been tracking here, did imply sort of a V-shaped recovery because it was so marked, the improvement in sort of confidence in the most current survey. Is that what you're sort of seeing out there in industry as well? Is it going to be that dramatic, the recovery, or something a bit more subtle? I would also agree with Vipin that the recovery is fairly steep, albeit we had a very, very deep fall in terms of our GDP growth as well as sentiment. So in that sense, it's great to see this deep recovery. The caution I would have is we are still below in most sectors and clearly at the overall GDP level and below the pre-COVID level. So we need to sustain this steep recovery to be able to, as Vipin said, fold in the future so that we can at least reach the trajectory that the country was in, in terms of growth pre-COVID. Having said that, I have a couple of other comments. One is the recovery that we are seeing is still quite differentiated across industries. And there are some industries which are recovering rapidly, but some of the others are still seeing much slower recovery. That's one. The second thing is, as Vipin said, part of the recovery and to sustain it, the government expenditure is going to be very, very critical. But I'm also very pleased to see some of the numbers on exports. The export seems to have a sharp recovery from the fall that we had been sustaining over the quite a few quarters. And that's good. And if we can maintain that between the two, we'll be able to sustain both the sentiments as well as the economic recovery. Excellent. Thank you for sharing, Arinda. We have seen during this program that we've been running that firms have been holding firm or increasing their investment in digital capabilities. And Vipin mentioned what his firm has been doing in this space a little bit earlier. And so this month, we saw that the leading increases in investment came in terms of automation, cloud, and just sort of general R&D innovation. Vipin, you touched on these earlier, but I'd love to get a bit more of a feel from you, if I can, on the sort of focus around digital capabilities, whether it falls into sort of these buckets around automation, cloud, and general R&D, or or something else, and, and whether you're buying in these capabilities or are these things that you are developing internally? Charles, we already had a strong digital team in position. And what's happened is that they've just got far more significance. They've become far more important. The critical piece is at the end of the day, when you think digital and then do digital, it should benefit the customer. 
So the customer should be at the heart of the decision-making process. And then you roll backwards to ensure that the digital team is focusing on that. And that becomes a kind of underpinning of all processes that are set up across the organization. So I'll give you a few examples. We introduced online sales of light commercial vehicles for the first time during the pandemic. So obviously, the digital team played a big role. The second is we were just simultaneously launching what is called a modular platform for our heavy commercial vehicles, the first of its kind in India, where the customer can actually configure or reconfigure his or her product at the time of purchase. That, of course, needed what is called a product configurator. And that becomes very easy for the customer to use. They can decide on what is the size of the fuel tank, what kind of engine, what kind of chassis length. So all of that can be literally custom built. The third was service. We created a platform called AL Care, which is Ashok Leland Care, which operates both on the web as well as on a mobile application to ensure that our entire service requirements for our customers could be managed through the digital platform. And two others, one is called iAlert. So we launched our in-house telematic solution in 2017. But what started as a relatively humble track and trace solution soon started including vehicle vitals for monitoring capabilities. So iAlert today captures over 100 data points from our vehicles and it gives an entire performance, likely failure, what needs to be done in advance. And we have now an uptime solution center. I think we're the first to launch that in India with advanced remote diagnostics and flashing capabilities. So we set up a central command center, uses IoT, monitors vehicles, able to predict failures and issues through advanced AI-driven prognostics, ensuring that our vehicles remain in operation all the time, or we get to the vehicle as early as possible to make sure that they remain in operation. And finally, through firmware over air flashing, which is FOTA, we've been able to update the software on our vehicles without having to bring the vehicles into our service centers. So a lot of good work happening on digital across platforms, and we are only going to accelerate that. But it should benefit the customer, not for the sake of it, but for the benefit of the customer. Yeah, fascinating, really interesting and encouraging that this all starts with the customer. I've been having a number of conversations with companies and business leaders recently about technology adoption, and it does seem to all sort of start with the customer, which is certainly a good strategy to drive this forward. just want to say, a part of this research, we did ask our senior Indian business leaders about working with startups and the value that they get from startups. And this sort of leads to what you were just talking about, Vipin. And they told us that some 86% say that from startups, they're getting new ideas and entrepreneurial drive from those startups. So leveraging their own internal capabilities, but, but essentially sort of bringing into the firm from startups, new ideas and entrepreneurial drive. And so 86% is a very large proportion of Indian business leaders who are doing this, which does lead me to asking the question, and, and Arinda, maybe you can help me answer this one. If so many Indian firms are looking to digital ecosystems and startups to help drive this innovation, these new ideas, is the Indian ecosystem up to the job? 
talking about ecosystems, there are a couple of points. One is ecosystems are becoming more and more important as value shifting from what we call the supply chains, direct supply chains of the company into the broader ecosystems where there are multiple players. And the root cause of this is what Vipin said in one of his comments earlier, where the customer's expectations are changing fundamentally from just talking about product specifications to uh, more and more in terms of performance and outcome or profitability. And to be able to drive that, a company does not have every element of that solution inside it. So it needs to fundamentally partner with both startups as well as bigger companies as part of an ecosystem. Now, having said that, ecosystems are becoming important, but in industrial applications, they are still fairly nascent, not just in India, but in many other markets. They are much more developed in e-commerce or platforms like the Geo platform or in payment ecosystem, which are much more evolved than the industrial customer ecosystem. But they are emerging. Pretty much every company, they are becoming important. Now, third point that you said about the role of startups. Now, startups by their very nature are much more risk-taking and have much higher level of risk capital, unlike large incumbents who, as they grow larger, their risk appetite and risk capital becomes actually more constrained. So they necessarily need to see how they partner with startups. But having said that, it's not that easy. The cultural differences are huge. Sharing of data is still an open question. And so bringing startups onto your platform, sharing of data, being able to work with a very different kind of culture, they are highly responsive. They pivot very quickly with companies which are much more process-driven, much slower is still something that many companies are figuring out. Unsurprising, I guess, there's sort of two very different organizational structures between startups and larger, more established firms is going to make that sort of working relationship challenging. We did find from our research that the chief benefits that businesses do seek to obtain from these tech startups is Things like access to new technology tools that can help those larger firms satisfy their customers, innovation as well from those startups in the forms of new ideas and help developing new products and services. Vipin, I wonder if that's what your firm is sort of looking to get from startups and digital ecosystems. Is it things like access to new technology tools, new ideas, helping developing new products and services? And so Ideally, what should a digital ecosystem can comprise to sort of get you what you need? So, Charles, no company today can exist in isolation. Earlier, there were companies and each company would do everything by itself. But that, I think, is over. You find that collaboration to compete or collaboration to build an ecosystem which enables an organization can at the centerpiece, but with the technological capability, whether coming through startups or otherwise, where each part of that ecosystem has something to gain and something to contribute. So what I'd say is that we will all operate in an ecosystem of partnerships. These could be loose or these could be strong. And startups themselves will play a role as well. What we are trying to do is, one example I gave you was Switch. So we've tried to create 
a startup of our own. And this startup will work with other technology and platform partners to create an ecosystem. Similarly, as we go into other forms of fuel, you know, we could well be going into a hydrogen economy over the next four to five years. And again, an ecosystem will have to be developed where no one company will be able to bring in everything. And therefore, I see that also growing into a basis for partnerships of which startups will be a part. But to answer your question specifically, we'd rather create edge organizations. What we call as edge organizations will have a startup-like mentality of culture to drive our fundamental business forward. Interesting to think about the future and the sort of ecosystems which will need to be in place in order to achieve what in the economy more broadly is trying to achieve. The hydrogen ecosystem is an interesting one. When I was speaking to Arindam, so recently you were talking about a space ecosystem to try and drive and develop that part of India's sort of capabilities as well. I wonder what else would have fallen into that list. I just wanted to finish up with both of you to get your view that in some respects, we are lucky because with firms that have had the resources and, and foresight to be able to invest in technologies which have allowed us to navigate many of the challenges that the pandemic has thrown our ways. But many of the people listening to this podcast will come from smaller and medium-sized firms within India, and, and they may not be quite so lucky to have the, sort of the amount of resources and advice that we may have been given during this period. So I'd love for each of you, and I'll start with Vipin, if I may, if you could share some of your wisdom for these smaller and medium-sized companies and in terms of what did you learn most from the pandemic and what sort of advice would you give to some small and medium-sized firms who are still trying to navigate their way through this? Thank you, Charles. I've got a huge respect for small and medium-sized firms simply because of what you said. They are often entrepreneurial, often don't have the resources, but have the energy, the resolve, and the determination to participate in what is a fast-changing economy. I think what's extremely important for small and medium-sized firms is to develop a capability which is unique, which is yours. The second is the advantage you have is nimble-footedness and speed of decision-making, not rash decision-making, but speed of decision-making. And the third is focus on one of the industries of the future so that you participate in the future through more than one generation. And there are so many new sunrise sectors in which you can participate in. And I think it's the duty of larger organizations that have the resources to include, as far as possible, small and medium industries as part of the broader ecosystem, simply because they will bring in new ways of thinking. They will bring in, as we mentioned, nimble-footedness, but will be fast changing. And there's a tremendous amount of learning that larger organizations can learn from startups and medium-sized industries. But my respect for this entrepreneurial energy that they bring in is tremendous. So it's good that if they get in touch, if we talk to each other, if we create platforms to be looking at what synergies 
can develop with working with one another. Yeah, some really good advice there. I think the future, once we get through some of the troubles that we're going through at the moment, is a very positive one, particularly in India, which is such a strong, vibrant economy. And as Sivaji was saying, has so much opportunity associated with it. Arinda, your advice, your pearls of wisdom for small and medium-sized firms. I would echo what Vipin said, but I will emphasize a couple of themes around them. One is with the development of digital ecosystems, digital platform, the fundamental disadvantage of scale, which small firms faced, can be in many ways bridged by becoming a member of these ecosystems or participating in these uh, digital platforms. The cost of accessing customers, the cost of servicing, in some cases, cost of sourcing parts and so on comes down significantly. And a great example is how the cloud costs for a small company and large company will not be hugely different, unlike if you had to invest in cloud infrastructure on your own. So that would be number one. And number two is we are at the cusp of what I call moving from an industrial era to an information era where technology and data information is going to be extremely critical for competitiveness. So to just reinforce what Vipin said, which is the small companies which had largely in the industrial area focused on, besides being nimble and responsive, also in cost competitiveness, lower labor costs and so on, should start building at least one or two areas of deep technical expertise, which will help them participate in both these ecosystems as well as the information age unfolds. These would be my two. And my last one would be, we will continue to live in an era of shocks and so small companies, which typically can sometimes get more adversely impacted by the shocks, they need to build more resilience to be able to address them and build the ability to come back from the shocks, not just you know, as a pale shadow, but actually come out of it stronger. So these will be my three pieces of advice for small companies. Yeah, thank you both. I think from your comments, we can not underestimate the importance of these ecosystems, both to larger firms in terms of getting new ideas and innovation and access to new technologies, but also to smaller firms in terms of trying to build out their capabilities and look to the future for those new opportunities. Really important to develop and grow a, a thriving ecosystem with India to support everybody. I'm very glad that both of you could join us here today. And thank you for your thoughts and input. Thank you very much. And thank you as well to our listeners for spending this time with us. And for more on the Now for Next Leaders Dialogue, please do visit nowfornext.in. Today's conversation was, as I said earlier, supported by Google. As always, if you have any feedback or questions about this podcast or any aspect of work from the Economist Group, you can email to asiaperspectives at economist.com. And thank you again from the editorial team at the Economist Group. Please do subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode.